Hi there, and welcome to the Kingdom Sexuality Podcast. We're Alana, Kyle, and Tira, friends who have a heart for intimacy and long to uncover God's truth and design for sexual freedom within marriage. Welcome here. So we'll start out today with our review. It's a five-star titled, Highly Recommend. Growing up in a purity culture, sex scared me. Then once I got married, I felt guilty for enjoying it. Chaos has helped me get a better understanding of God's design for sex and marriage. And it's also helped my husband and I have wonderful conversations about episode topics. Mm. MacBooks are GR8. Ah, oh, thanks. MacBooks Glad. are great. Haha. <laughs> I get it. Oh, I get it. (laughs) I did not get that. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. And yes, they are. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then the verse for today, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. Genesis 2, 24. I feel like that was the perfect verse. It just kind of encompasses everything. Literally is the perfect verse. Right? (laughs) Yeah, Um, totally. Yeah. So... We've done episodes of like honeymoon stuff in the past. And so this one is a bit different in that it's specific to certain difficulties that can come your way, especially when you are newly married. And so, okay. So the first topic thing we're going to cover is navigating difficult family dynamics. And this is something I feel like recently we've been getting lots of messages about people being like, okay, this is what's going on in my family. How do I navigate this? Or, um, you know, my husband is, has this relationship with his mother and you know, what's my role in this? Things like that where you're like, okay, let's just chat this out. And then the second one is managing finances, which is another really difficult thing to, especially if you've been doing this on your own for a long time and then you get married and you're like, well, I do this my way and you do this your way. How the heck are we supposed to combine these two things? And so um, we're going to just cover both of those things in depth. And I think it's going to be really helpful. So um, to start with navigating different, like difficult family dynamics, I think something really important to remember is the whole leaving and cleaving. So kind of like it says, you know, in Genesis 2, 24, you're leaving your father and mother and holding fast to your wife and you're becoming one. And so there's different ways that I think you can leave your spouse. <laughs> or not your spouse. My gosh. <laughs> leave. Well, there's one way to leave your spouse. You can do Don't that. do it. Don't do that. No, no. <laughs> uh, leaving your, your, your family, your parents, in a sense. So I know for myself, getting married young, this was different than maybe someone who's been on their mm-hmm. own for so, so long. Um, Kyle, I saw you were going to make a joke about it. Don't make a joke yeah. about it. <laughs> I held back this time. So, so I thought, okay, so there's like financially leaving, right? Where you, maybe you've, um, get off your parents' bank account. You're paying your own bills. You get your own credit cards, create your own budget, financial plan, which we'll discuss more later, more in depth. There's emotionally leaving. So, you know, it's when you're excited, you've got this good news. You first share it with your spouse. Not to mean like you don't have emotion with your parents, you're not sharing the big things with them, but your spouse comes first. Mm. There's priorities, right? Like where are they on the list, right? And your spouse should be at the top. And then spiritually leaving. So if you've kind of been under the shelter of your parents and you've been doing what they do and your faith has been theirs that you kind of are under in a sense, 
now is the time to create new habits and routines that are yours and are your spouse's. And that's another different thing too, is like, okay, now you're married and you, I mean, that's a whole different topic, but then how do you navigate like having that spiritual time on your own and with your spouse? And what does that look like? Um, which is stuff that I, I love talking about. Um, but that's kind of not really a topic for today, but just the, the act of, and maybe it just takes conscious effort and thought to be like, okay, in what ways am I leaving? In what ways am I finding it hard to leave? You know, in what ways do I want to continue to cling to the security that my parents and my family has been? Mm -hmm. And, you know, how do you navigate to being one with your spouse and making your own family unit and your own things? Stuff like that. Yeah. I think, I mean, we talk about it all the time communication. <laughs> so, I mean, it it's so interesting because I feel like at this point in your marriage, you know, you will hopefully have gone through some premarital counseling and will have mm. been, you know, communicating already. But I know things all of a sudden come up, especially after you're married and nobody's like looking in on you, you know, yeah. there's nobody like, oh, you should really talk about that. Oh, you should really think about this before. And all of a sudden it's like, no, you're free. You're on your own. And all of a sudden, yeah, the different things come up and family stuff comes up and it's like, oh, I didn't realize this was going to be a thing. What? We're not going to go over to my mom's every so many days. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, well, we didn't talk about that. You know, yeah. things that you wouldn't have even thought of now that you're in the reality of what life is. Yeah. Um, so what's the best thing to do? Talk about it, mm-hmm. you know? Tell your spouse what you're feeling and what you need from them. And, you know, in this in this case, you know, really uh, hear each other out. You know, you can let them know ahead of time, you know, if it's going to be a sensitive subject, kind of say, hey, I'd like to talk to you about something a little touchy and when is a good time to talk about that mm-hmm. and or, you know, give them a heads up on that. Um, the other I, thing I'd say here is don't forget that especially if you're an only child or if you're the first one in the family getting married, Mm. this is going to be hard for your parents too. Yeah. Yeah. So like give them a little bit of grace, be gentle with them. Mm -hmm. Don't just be like, Oh, I'm married now. Bye. I'm not, you know, we're setting boundaries. That's this, 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 and this, like Mm -hmm. your, your parents still want to be involved in your life and you, they should, they totally should. I think the parenting aspect maybe stops, but they still want to love you. They still want to hang out with you. They still want a relationship with you. Yes. So just be gracious with them, Mm -hmm. especially if you're the first one to leave the house or if you're an only child. Yeah. 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 And I think, yeah, when you, if like, it is a good idea to set those boundaries and maybe like you and your spouse talk about them, you plan what you would eventually like. So like what the end goal is, and then maybe a transition plan. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, Right. how it's going to look like, right? Um, yeah, so that you're not just like cutting them off cold turkey. Gradual exit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Have any of you ever lived with your parents? Yes. Yeah. What was that like? Wait, wait, wait. Like as a married couple, like, you mean? As a married couple. Oh, as no, a married I, we couple. haven't. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, our parents lived with us for a little oh. bit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, for (laughs) multiple seasons in our lives, uh, in our lives, in our life, uh, we were going up north where Jeff's family is because Jeff would be doing summer co-ops. 
when he was like at school and stuff. And so we would stay with his parents. I think we maybe did it three different summers doing that. And then Jeff's mom had gotten sick. And so we had gone up to help with all of that stuff after. And um, yeah, so it's definitely, it's really interesting, especially like for me, it was my in-laws and it's different than when it's your own parents. And so navigating that, it was like his parents are so lovely and it it was really easy in that sense. Like there's, there haven't really ever been like weird family dynamics. It's just, yeah, it takes a lot of communicating and like, like you often say, Kyle, it's like just being explicit and being like, Hey, I'm feeling like emotionally frazzled. I'm feeling, you know, people doubt. I just need some time in my room. I'm not mad at anybody. Like, I think like you just mm-hmm. kind of have to lay lots of that stuff out. I'm not upset. I just kind of need some time by myself and just really like laying out emotions and describing what you need. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I've heard some people say that when you get married and if you live with your parents, you're not leaving and cleaving. Um, (laughs) but But I think the distinction is like, are you are you like self-sustained to a Mm. point, right? Are you financially separate from them? Are you, and we'll talk about that later, Mm -hmm. but are you separate enough where you can still like, you're living your own life now. You're not living under, you know, not you're still under your parents' roof, I guess, but you're not living (laughs) under their Mm -hmm. rule, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And another thing like just with family is if you are trying to set boundaries and it's just not working, um, it's a good idea to seek outside help and probably non-biased help like a therapist who can actually help, um, you both like you and your spouse and the family members to communicate well. Um, so that feelings aren't hurt. I mean, it may be a little tricky to navigate that or like approach them on that. Um, but pray about it and, you know, I think come at it with, Hey, we just want what's best for you and us. And we want to have a good relationship, you know, and we would like to try this out as to help make things even better. And I would say too, even like you're talking about doing counseling with them. Either or, you know, like even if they yeah, don't okay. do counseling, it will probably exactly be a good idea for say. yourself. Yeah. Cause totally. therapists can totally give you good communication tools and yeah, we'll help you navigate that. And then it will also probably calm you down a bit too. You know, if you're feeling yeah, over emotional or super frustrated, it's a good place to safely talk about things. Yeah. Yeah. Good mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Especially if it's like years gone by and there's actual like, you know, issues that's like, this isn't new. This has happened forever. Like it's just that kind of stuff. It's just hard to navigate when you're just on your own and trying to do what you've always done or whatever. So yeah, I think yeah, yeah getting support is huge. And so if you are actually engaged right now and you're listening to this, good for you for <laughs> being mm-hmm. um, extra prepared. Proactive. Yeah, that's yeah, the word. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and so like you kind of mentioned before, Kyle, like your parents still want to be involved and all that good stuff. So like prep them. Um, I was reading so Love Your First Year. They had a great blog post and was talking about um, – I'll just kind of read a little chunk of it. So uh, it said, leaving, cleaving, and becoming one can be summed up by this. Your spouse is your number one priority. But the other side of that equation means that your parents can feel like they're losing their son or daughter. While you're engaged, start taking te- steps to prepare your parents for this change. Slowly start prioritizing your fiancé 
and give your parents plenty of time to adjust. So if you're struggling to know how to go about this, here's a quick script you can use. You could say, mom, dad, the wedding's coming up quickly. You know, I'm excited to marry so-and-so. But that also means our relationship is going to change. I want to tell you how grateful I am for your influence in my life. And I also want to start talking about boundaries and what our relationship will look like going forward. Can we have a conversation about that this weekend? Oh, that's so good. I wish right? I had done that yeah. with mine. I feel I just like that was we, so great. Yeah. I feel like, like we how did you it get a mad poorly. as the parent hearing that. It's like there's nothing to get mad yeah. at. They're just asking to have a conversation. Yeah. And a conversation in the future. Like not too future, yes. but like it's not like, yes. hey, can we have this conversation now? It's yeah. giving them the heads up so they can start thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So that by the time the weekend comes along, they've thought about it and have hopefully even relaxed a little from the initial like, oh yeah, this is happening, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. One piece of advice that I heard uh, in a sermon series when we were really early in our marriage, we were less than a year and the pastor was talking about how to deal with family issues. And he said, the rule in their marriage is you deal with your own family. So husband, if the issue is on your side, you are the one like spearheading that discussion. If it's on the wife's side, wife, you're the one spearheading that discussion because you already have that relationship from being with those that set of parents your whole life, right? So yeah. you're more familiar. And that's not to say that, you know, for example, if I have an issue with my mother-in-law, I tell Sam, Sam, you go deal with this issue that I have with your mother-in-law. Like, we're, right. we're not talking about that stuff, right? No, we're talking yeah. about the bigger things where it's not specific to one person. It's mm-hmm. like a family thing. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really good because it, it it makes sense too. Like if you think about it, if there's an issue in the family with my side, I'm going to be more comfortable talking about that than I'm going to be leading a conversation about an issue talking with my in-laws. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a safer place too. Like it's not like you're the in-law who doesn't like them. You know, right. which I think when you're talking about boundaries could easily come across as like, oh, they don't want to be a part of our family, you know, so definitely a safer place coming from mm-hmm. the one who's in the family already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. Let's go on to finances here. So this is something that is very, uh, what's the word I'm trying to use? Very like distinct in our marriage. We have mm-hmm. very oh, defined. We have very defined roles when it comes to finances in our marriage. Okay. And it's. I do 99% of it. Um, That's how defined it is. So Sam came from a financial background that was disorganized and I guess irresponsible maybe. So coming into this, she was really nervous about finance stuff. And Mm. I came from a background where my dad was like an uber conservative. He saved everything and he, you know, he did well for himself and he was just very responsible, very organized. He's been a manager his whole life. So he has that kind of very type A organized managerial personality. So I learned a lot of good things from him about what it looks like to manage your finances well. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the biggest thing, at least for us, is if you're a Christian and you have a home church, you're giving or you're tithing, that comes off mm-hmm. the top. Like that's budget line number one. Yeah. So for us, that's not coming like after expenses or taxes or whatever. Like that's coming right off the top yeah. gross. Because um, some people will, you know, if they're doing their 10%, for example, it's like, okay, what do we have left after all these mm. things? We'll give 10% of that. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I think, I think yeah. God wants you to give sacrificially. And I think that yeah. means 
it comes off the top. Well, you yeah. think of like first fruits, right? It's like exactly. yeah. if skimming yeah. off the bottom scum is not first fruits. Like, yeah. no. So, no. no, I love that. Secondly, get a joint bank account. Um, yeah. If one of you has a good bank account that you prefer, then just merge the other person to that one or go open a new one together. But I have heard many a horror stories of couples who keep their mm. money separate. And I think that just opens you up to so many temptations and so many things that are just not worth it. I'm yet to hear someone give me a good reason why separate bank accounts is better than a joint. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that you can't spend separately or that doesn't mean that you can't have, you know, different roles when it comes to money. Mm-hmm. Like for a time in our marriage, we we left a line of the budget. We don't use a budget anymore, but when we were budgeting, we used to leave a line of the budget that was money that you are not accountable for. So you can do whatever you want with that money. You can spend it on whatever you want. It's totally free spending. And if you don't spend it, you can roll it over into the next month. So let's say, for example, we're doing 50 bucks a month. If there's something that, you know, Sam wants to buy, that's a hundred bucks. She can not spend one month and she can roll over to the next one and then buy her thing. And you can't get mad over it. There's, there's no accountability for it. I mean, obviously you're not... <laughs> There's some, right? We're not buying. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's but it's yeah. just free spending money. And it was very it was freeing because you yeah. didn't feel so confined to a budget. It was nice to, okay, you know what? I want to go golfing. I want to go out with a buddy. I want to go do whatever. Okay, I'll just use that line of the budget. That's a great it plan. was mm-hmm. it, it was, it was. It was really, really good for us. Yeah. Um and then you got to decide who you need to decide who or how you're going to be financially responsible. Who's going to pay the bills? Who's going to manage the credit cards? Who's going to whatever, get a line of credit, all that kind of stuff. And this could be a joint task. You guys could do this together. This could be one person just takes it and keeps the other person informed. There's lots of different ways to do this, but Mm -hmm. again, this has to be part of your communication ideally before the marriage, because hopefully in premarital you've talked financial stuff and finances and Mm -hmm. what your background is with finances and where potential pitfalls can be with finances. So yeah, someone take the lead or you guys decide to do it together, but figure out how that's going to all work. And maybe if one of you is more financially literate and is more responsible, hopefully that person may take charge or the other person recognizes, Hey, like I'm not right. good at this. I would like you to take this. Yeah. I mean, and that takes, that definitely takes humility, but mm-hmm. it's going to be for the betterment of the marriage. And okay, what about too, just to, Oh, just to like when deciding who does what, not only take into consideration who can do it better, but who is it going to be less stress for? Too. Oh, good point. Um, I know in our marriage, um, the, I feel like, we both agreed my husband would probably be better at doing it. Cause I, I had just come from my parents' house. Didn't have much. I mean, I was taught how to do it, but, um, so we thought, yeah, Ken could, but after a while it was like noticeable that it was stressing him out. So mm. he taught me and then I would took over. Um, and so even though he could do it, well, at that time had more background in it, he had lived on his own. Um, just the, yeah, the stress of it was an issue. And so that's another thing kind of to put out there. Yeah. What happens though, if both in the couple are like, 
we both suck at this. Neither of us want to be in charge of the finances. So we both don't do anything and just hope that the other person is going to do something because I'm garbage at this and so are they. Yikes. Yeah, this is a really good question because, yeah, this is an oversight on my part because this was not what we went through. But Mm -hmm. there are actual courses that Mm -hmm. you can take that are really good. I mean, our church hosted one or hosts one and it's... It's one of the certified financial planners in our church, and he just teaches young couples how how to do this. And it really is a learned skill. Yeah. It takes a lot of knowledge and maturity and practice to do your finances well. Yeah. So if you are a couple, like what Alana said, where both of us or both of you are like, uh, I have no idea, reach out. Yeah. Find a mentor, a wise person in your church. Reach out to your pastor. Yeah. Or I'm sure you can even just Google Christian financial course. Yeah. And yeah. there's probably a bunch of them out there. Uh, maybe we'll find one and link it in the show notes. But there's got to be, well, there probably is lots of them out there. Yeah. But I would say first reach out to your church because if you got a church, there's mm-hmm. probably someone there that you trust, mm-hmm. whether it's the pastor or a mentor versus just trusting some random Google search. Yeah. Yeah. And then do it together. Like make it a date night. Yeah, do, for sure. Like learn yeah. it together. It's a life skill. I mean, Yeah. Don't, don't guilt the other into doing it, you know? No. And, and if one of you is the one leading it, don't forget to keep the other person informed if they want to be right. If, if they're like, you know what, I trust you. I'm really bad at that. You know, I just go for it then. Sure. Mm -hmm. But yeah, don't forget to keep them informed because it'll just show openness and communication and there's no chance of like, what are you hiding? We haven't talked mm-hmm. about finances in a while. You do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. It just, it eliminates all the possibility of that negative perception. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also just like a little bit of uh, information or like a place where you can find that. Like if something happens to your spouse who right. does all the finances, where where can that person who didn't do it find? Like, I mean, some stuff is I think you can guess where it is, but there are other things that are going to be more complicated, especially if you've never done it, like have a folder or something or a shared document where you have password manager. Yeah. Yeah. Something so that at least they have a little bit of knowledge if something happens to you. Yeah. Yeah. In our marriage, I do all of it mostly. And Mm -hmm. Sam's like, if you die, (laughs) I am so screwed because... (laughs) Long story, but all of our credit cards and stuff and all of our points, she's like, I, I don't know where all that stuff is. So for me, I just I just use Google Chrome password manager and everything's auto-logged in. So she'll be able to find it all, but she'll just have to go to lots of different websites. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I thought of another thing though. So say someone is in charge and their spouse is spending flippantly and a bit not regulated and things need to get in line. How do you have that conversation where you're like, hey, we need to tone it back without hurting feelings and making people feel like garbage? You just cancel their credit card. (laughs) 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 You're you're cut off. (laughs) That'd be awful. That was obviously a joke if you didn't get that. Yes, to answer the question, if someone is flippantly spending then yeah, it, it is a tough conversation to have. And I think it needs to be done tenderheartedly, but it also needs to be addressed directly. Mm-hmm. So something like, hey, babe, I've noticed that there's been some high spending on the credit card. 
you know, what's what's going on and just let them explain. Maybe there's a good explanation for it. Yeah. Don't come at it accusatory. Just mm. come at it with, hey, hey, I'm I just I just want to know what's going on here. Is everything okay? And then have a conversation. And hopefully that doesn't come across accusatory or the other person receiving that doesn't get defensive and realizes that you, you just care and you just want to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then if it becomes a habitual thing, I mean, it can be definitely destructive. So it does need to be addressed maybe with the help of a professional or, you know, wise counsel in another sense. Right. Yeah. 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 And I think, I mean, you can also approach it like, Hey, just wanted to, we haven't reviewed our finances in a while. Here's our budget. Here's where things are going. Mm-hmm. You know, is there anything that we could cut back on, mm-hmm. you know, in that kind of a way, again, not presenting it as accusatory towards them, but just like in general, how can we, how can right. we cut back and let's see what we've been spending. And yeah. And these, that, these that ones are a little bit high. So how can, yeah. It was like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. Yeah. And that, that goes right into my next point of, Make sure you guys are on the same page when it comes to yeah. what is important yeah. to spend on and what's not important, right? Mm-hmm. Make sure if mm-hmm. if date night, hopefully date night's really important to you guys, that's in the budget. Mm-hmm. If kids' activities are really important to you guys, then make sure that's in the budget. But make sure you guys at least agree on what is important to spend yeah. money on and what's not important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, consider making an income statement. I got this idea from a book and I did it and it was actually very informative to see like where our money is going. So what an income statement is, is you basically take all of your regular spending. So all of your money going out in one column and all of your money coming in in another column. And then you see kind of what, if you're in the black or in the red plus or minus and by how much. Yeah. So for us, it would be like, okay, my income her income, investment income. And then if you have rental income or any additional things coming mm-hmm. in like that, you put all that on one side. On the other side, you've got mortgage or rent, property taxes, car insurance, food, gas, all your regular spending things. And then if you want to take it a step further, then you can try to average out your miscellaneous stuff that isn't regular, but is regular right. in a sense. So like it's not like the same category. Every Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can see where you are at the end of the month and you can decide, okay, maybe we can take 50, if you're in the black, maybe we can take 50% of that and we can put it into investments or kids college fund or whatever. But for me, seeing exactly where our money was going each month, how much was coming in and seeing the difference was actually really informative and helped us make better financial decisions moving forward. Yeah. And there are some great apps and stuff for that too. Mm -hmm. And you can even, you know, sync them with your, with your cards and even that yep. in certain transactions, you can teach it, okay, if I buy from, you know, this is a grocery store, put it towards groceries right. and it will remember yep. that for next time yep. and it will yep. totally budget every month what what things are being spent. And exactly exactly what you said, Kyla, like it'll show you on yeah. you know, spending on one and income on the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mint is good for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's also you need a budget, which is a pretty funny one in, in terms of the name, but it's actually a really good budgeting app. I think it was made, I think the guy started it during COVID and he was like bored and he came up with it and <laughs> it's really pop, really popular and it's totally taken off cool. and it's a really quality budgeting app. So, And I think in the States, um, Ramsey, what's his first name? Dave Ramsey. Yeah. 
Um, he has an app too, but we can't get it here in Canada. Oh. Oh, really? No. no Interesting. So just in the states, but yeah. Um. Lastly, consider using a professional, so a financial advisor or mm-hmm. a financial planner. Yeah. This was like one of the best things Huge. my parents ever did f- with us is my parents met a really good financial planner while we were engaged and my mm-hmm. parents had given us a little bit of money towards to put towards the wedding or to put towards starting the marriage and he was like uh, you my dad said you get this money but you have to talk to our financial <laughs> planner first. Nice. And Smart like, okay, dad. That, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that was awesome. And we've been with the same person now for, this will be our 10th year with him. Mm -hmm. And it's good from an investment standpoint. It's good from a budgeting standpoint. Mm -hmm. It's good from a, hey, what do you think about this financial decision? And hopefully you find someone that is um, like accessible. It's like I can text my financial advisor right now and say, hey, what do you think about this? And he'll text back pretty quickly. Hmm. So having someone like that, Mm -hmm. where you can have that relationship of, hey, you're a professional, you're wise. Yeah. And ours is a Christian too. That's not necessarily like imperative, but it is a nice little thing because they think about money the same way, right? Tithing is an important thing to them. Whereas if you just go to your bank, yeah. you're probably not going to have someone like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. And um, I was asking Jeff, I was like, okay, so we're talking about finances. Like what kind of advice would you have? Cause he's, he um, was an accountant. Now he's like a banker. So I was like, okay, like what kind of advice would you give someone or whatever? And he was saying one of the biggest things when it comes to finances is just to talk about it. He's like, it's like often like sex in that way where it's just no one talks about it. It's really Mm -hmm. taboo. Um, But it's when you like talk about it and you're open with each other, even that, having that vulnerability Mm -hmm. um, is when you will have the most financial health in your marriage. And so I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And something else I was thinking about when it comes to managing finances. So I had read um, John Mark Comer's Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, which is a great book. And in that, he talks about simplifying, you know, the art of going slow, all that good stuff, not hurrying. But he was talking about finances. And in the book, he talks about having like a financial, I want to say mentor, but I don't know if mentor was the right word, but essentially like accountability where you have a buddy, like he has his his friend, and before they make any big purchases, like they decide on how much, like what's considered a large purchase. Yeah. And before they purchase that thing, they have to run it past their friend first. And be like, what do you think of this purchase? Do you think this is smart? And then you just have that moment to just kind of sit in it before you actually jump ahead and make this purchase and you have someone weigh in on a decision. So I was like, huh, I feel like that's good So advice. does he do that like – is he married and he yeah. has a different friend that yeah. like as, as couples, they were. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So whoever maybe manages the finances, if, or yeah. you guys do it together or you chat about it, like maybe you guys have a mentor, a couple who's like hangs out with you guys or friends and just like a way to keep accountable, especially if you find you're making these large purchases constantly or you're struggling with, you know, oh shoot, we just, we bought another vehicle or we, we did this mm. and we bought more furniture. I guess we didn't need it. It's like, it just gives you that in-between step that if that's something you yeah. struggle with could be a helper. Yeah. One of my favorite pastors 
on his podcast, he was talking about exactly this. And what he and his wife do is anytime they want to spend more than $500, they bring it before their community group or their life group or their Bible study. Mm. And he takes it a step further where he kind of says, he like brings a PowerPoint presentation and he says, this is what we want to buy. This is what we want to buy it for. This is how it's going to be kingdom focused. These are the pros. And then he's, here's the, here's the cons. These are the things that, you know, these are the negatives of potentially making this purchase. Mm -hmm. Like for example, he just bought a piece of land and he's building a big house on it. And he did this for in front of his community group. He said, you know, we want to use this to be hospitable. We want to use it as like a house of the Lord. On the other hand, it's like, oh, what's the negative? Oh, I could want to go big. I could use this to like, mm. you know, boost my popularity and mm. fall into that pitfall. Right. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really wise. And I really, really liked yeah. that decision that, that they made. Well, and imagine what a healthy life group that would be. Like, yeah. Right. They are all doing that. Like yeah. you'd have some pretty good accountability and like yeah. authentic living, I feel like. Yeah. yeah, because likely it's what not else? only just finances. Likely they're doing that for other things in their lives as yeah. well. Like, totally. Which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. One last thing I wanted to say here when it comes to finances is um, it's been like prioritize the important things. So, mm-hmm. like date night, like if you don't need to spend money to have a good date night, but sometimes money is involved, right? Like going out for a nice dinner, all these kinds of things. Those are so important. And the other thing I want to say is if you get to a point in your marriage where your marriage is kind of feeling like it's on the ropes or desperation comes, prioritize counseling financially. Yeah, It can be so easy to get into a place in your marriage where things are not going well and then use the excuse of we can't afford counseling. Mm. If your marriage is on the ropes counseling needs to be financial priority number one. Right. So you need to cut out what you can cut out to try and save your marriage by going to counseling. Yeah. I think it's too easy for people too often to say, oh, we can't afford it. Yeah. And and you're probably right. You probably can't. But I bet you there's a way where if you cut out enough things, you could afford something. Yeah. Yeah. Or at minimum, reach out to your church, your pastor. Yeah. yeah. A mentor, right? Those are usually free or very low cost. Yep. But don't just sit around and do nothing and say we can't afford it mm-hmm. because that's not going to get you the help you need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love that. Totally. Okay. Well, wow. We talked about some mm-hmm. <laughs> big things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me just uh, close in prayer for our listeners. Dear God, we just thank you for everybody listening today uh, who may be going through some of these difficult navigating um, family difficulties or financial difficulties, or maybe they're just prepping. Lord, I just pray that you would give them wisdom as to how to move forward, how to communicate well, and uh, just to bring peace and clarity into whatever situation they're in Um, and help us all to have a good week. Amen. 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 Hey friends, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like our content, please like, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts and tell your friends too. Thanks so much for journeying with us today as we tackled the hard questions and dive deep into godly intimacy. Make sure you follow us on Instagram to see more of our content and check the show notes for any links we might've mentioned in today's episode. We're so grateful to be on this journey with you and we can't wait to see you in the next episode.